Welcome to AJHP Voices, a series of discussions with AJHP authors and interviews focused on contemporary issues that drive health outcomes. AJHP is the official journal of ASHP. Its mission is to advance science, pharmacy practice, and health outcomes. This is William Zelmer for AJHP Voices. I'm speaking with the lead author of a journal article entitled Advancement of Clinical Pharmacy Practice Through Intervention Capture. With me is Dr. Julie Gropey, who is National Program Manager, Clinical Pharmacy Practice Office, Department of Veterans Affairs. Julie, let's start by having you remind us about the role of clinical pharmacy specialists in the Department of Veterans Affairs. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question because our clinical pharmacy specialists are encompassed into many different practice areas within the VA, from primary care areas to acute care areas, geriatrics, emergency departments, and CPS has played such an important role by providing comprehensive medication management to our veterans. We have over 9,000 pharmacists within our system, and about 45% of those pharmacists work as a CPS with advanced prescriptive authority. So advanced practice uh, consisting of prescribing authority, in terms of scope of practice of clinical pharmacist specialists, is this an issue that's decided at the facility level, or is there a more central process for that? Well, we definitely have policies and guidelines that outline the qualifications for our pharmacists. And so we have pharmacists in many different clinical practice areas, but our clinical pharmacy specialists are those that have direct patient care roles. They actually possess an individual scope of practice at the facility level that allows them to be able to prescribe medications to develop and execute therapeutic plans to order and assess labs and diagnostic tests and to make appropriate assessments of patient care and to look closely at their diseases and conditions to be able to formulate the appropriate plan and prescribe and monitor that plan over time for our individual patients. So this is apparent in every different area of VA. Our largest group of clinical pharmacy specialists practice in our primary care medical home model. Um, we call that model the patient-aligned care teams within mm -hmm. VA, and we have over 1,300 pharmacists that are serving in that advanced practice role within our PACT or primary care medical home model. Okay. Well, I think that's important background for understanding uh, the paper that um, you have in AJHP. Let's get more to the heart of that paper. Now, within pharmacy as a whole, there's, of course, wide recognition of the need to document uh, the contributions of patient care pharmacists. Within the VA specifically, were there particular imperatives that led to the creation of an electronic template for capturing interventions by clinical pharmacy specialists? Yeah, there definitely was. So, you know, our program office within the clinical pharmacy practice office started in 2010, and VA recognized the need to, to develop a strategy and to standardize and diffuse strong practices across the system. So although we've had prescriptive authority for our pharmacists since 1995 and even before that in the system, 
Uh, really, there was a differentiation amongst the facilities and how that was uptaken. With the advent of the primary care medical home, we needed to look closer at what our pharmacists were doing and to really promote workload capture, to show and for them to document what exactly they were doing as a part of the team. And as you know, workload or numbers of encounters only tell you a piece of the picture. It really doesn't tell you the full story. And we wanted to be able to describe that our pharmacists are seeing a quadre of patients. There are, their patients are coming into them that may be prescribed medications for high blood pressure or heart failure or COPD, or they may be working in an acute care area where they're working as a part of the team. We wanted to be able to develop a tool within the VA's electronic infrastructure that could capture key interventions being made so that we could show the impact that each pharmacist makes in their particular practice setting. Mm -hmm. Julie, uh, give us a brief overview of the electronic template for intervention capture and also uh, give us a sense of how clinical pharmacy specialists interface with this template as part of just the ongoing workflow in patient care activities. So within VA, we have an integrated electronic health record. So all VAs share the same electronic health record. Our pharmacists document their progress notes, order labs, order medications within that electronic health system. And we share it across our various facilities. So if a veteran is seeing a patient in West Palm Beach, Florida, the chart for that individual veteran can also be viewed by another VA facility, which is really great information sharing that VA started long ago with the advent of the electronic system. So we were able to use some of the infrastructure within that system to develop a template. And really what it looks like in the progress note or in the electronic record is it's actually a templated tool that the pharmacist will open while they're actually documenting their progress notes, so within the patient's chart, and it has embedded what we call health factors, which are basically data elements. And we can make those data elements to whatever our needs are. So we wanted to make sure we thought through, through what interventions were most commonly being made by our pharmacists, and we built individual data elements to collect that, the pharmacist at the local level has this template within their electronic health record. They're seeing a patient, they're documenting their subjective, objective assessment and plan for that individual patient, and they simply point and click on the template to document their intervention. So in all reality, they don't even realize where the data elements are going, but in the background, we've created a system that's able to extract all of those individual interventions into our PharmD tool reports to be able to describe exactly what our pharmacists are doing. You say in your article that uh, use of the template is voluntary. I'm curious about that. Um, why is it voluntary versus uh, making it a requirement? So that's a great question. And with the very first start of the tool, we really were in the piloting phase of improving the tool, seeing how it worked on the individual workflow. So, you know, everyone is busy. 
it's our clinical pharmacy specialists are very busy seeing upwards of 10 to 15 patients a day and documenting all of those encounters. And so that it was questionable as to whether or not they could do one more thing, right? Can you click on another tool to be able to do one more thing and how much time does that take? So we actually built the tool as a voluntary tool and to date this still is. And we've been teaching our pharmacy leadership as to how to use it. So over time, we've collected information from our users to improve the tool with each version, improve usability, to streamline the intervention so that they look very similar, and they capture the most important things that our pharmacists are doing. And we found that it only takes about one to three minutes additional time for the pharmacists to document their individual interventions at the local facility level. And the amount of information we get from that is just tremendous. We can actually look across the 4,000 pharmacists that are using the tool, exactly the types of medication interventions they're making to be able to further advance their role across the system. So the information that we're able to capture and how the sites are able to use that data for resource requests is just tremendous. Mm -hmm. Well, you've alluded to uh, the fact that this template has been evolving over time. Uh, Can you uh, share a little more information about the ways in which it has changed and been enhanced over time? When we first started the tool, um, it was really a grassroots effort. So it was started at one individual medical center at our local site within West Palm Beach, Florida. And we then took the tool and it was really more focused on about five primary disease states that were typically being seen by and encountered by our primary care clinical pharmacy specialists. Right now, we're getting ready to roll out version 10 of the tool. And from that initial five disease states, we've expanded out to about 30 different disease states. We've also expanded the intervention capture not only from our ambulatory areas and our primary care settings, but also into key areas where we really wanted to describe what our pharmacists were doing and the important impact they were making every day areas like hepatitis B management, mental health conditions, pain management. And then we even moved into the spectrum of acute care and inpatient um, intervention capture. And so over time with each version release, we've been able to improve the tool and add additional disease states. Julie, the heart of your article is a summary of pharmacist interventions uh, captured by the electronic template in fiscal year 2017. Please give us a top-line overview of what you found. Well, during fiscal year 17, we had 4,728 clinical pharmacy specialists using the tool, and they documented over 3.8 million interventions. And this was over 2.3 patient care encounters. So those are individual patient encounters, direct patient care experiences where the pharmacist was serving as that independent practitioner. And when we looked at the number of unique patients, this was equated to about 592,000 individual patients or veterans within the VA system. 
And we found that they were making interventions across a, a variety of different disease states. So looking through some of the interventions and the types of interventions and disease categories that they were typically encountering, anticoagulation tended to be the highest disease category, along with diabetes, mental health, and hypertension, along with hepatitis C. So those were our top five disease states in which pharmacists across the system are documenting um, interventions. Now they also are documenting key interventions in pain management and antimicrobial stewardship, also in transplantation and chronic kidney disease. So we've seen a lot of different growth and new and emerging areas where we're getting our pharmacists more and more involved. And when we think about the different types of interventions, these interventions are categorized into medication management interventions. So these would be things like the pharmacist is initiating a medication or discontinuing a medication or changing a medication. Um, and then they also document um, what we call additional pharmacotherapy interventions, which tend to be uh, area, things like um, education and disease counseling. It might be adherence to medication therapy or drug interactions being identified. Um, we found overall that the number of disease state interventions were about 2.8 million of those um, total 3.8 million interventions. Mm -hmm. And we had about another 900,000 additional pharmacotherapy interventions. And that's just in one year. Right, right. Well, as you uh, did this analysis, was there anything that surprised you? Any aha moments as you looked at the data? Yeah, you know, we've been really trying to promote consistency of work of intervention capture and trying to make sure that our pharmacists are really using the tool to document those key interventions on a regular basis. Some of the things that we've worked on over time is putting some metrics into place where we request that our pharmacists use the tool on 75% of their patient care encounters. So at least 75% or three-fourths of their encounters, they're going to be documenting interventions. We know that some encounters, such as chart consults and things of that nature, may not be best suited for this this PharmD tool use, but we really wanted to make sure we had a good subset of their encounters, those telephone encounters, those face-to-face -face encounters where they're capturing the intervention. We're also working with our sites to um, look at the number of interventions per visit that they're typically making. So um, we have lots of metrics associated with this project to look at number of interventions per pharmacist, also number of interventions per visit, number of interventions per patient to further describe the, the what exactly is occurring during that maybe 15 or 20 minute or 30 minute encounter with the, with the individual patient. Sure. Well, it must take uh, sizable human and financial resources to sustain this intervention capture tool. Uh, what can you say about that? And uh, 
maybe also comment a bit on uh, the long-term commitment as you see it by the VA uh, toward this system. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, that was one of the things that our office really wanted to take on for the field. So in regards to the project management, we have a group and a team of individuals within our office that are dedicated to ensuring the success and implementation and rollout. And over time, we've really gotten pretty slick in the way that we do things. So we have a group that focus on educating the field and they provide virtual um, meetings and teleconferences monthly to describe strong practices associated with the tool. We also have a group that's focused on analyzing the data and the reports that are coming out of the PharmD project, as well as a group that's focusing on implementation and product enhancement. So all of that is within our program office and it's led by volunteers across the field. Mm -hmm. So that's a fantastic thing when you have your own users and your own leaders moving this forward. We could not be where we are today without the hundreds of volunteers we have in the field. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really, I think, been the pinnacle to the success of this project. Some of the other things that we've been working on within my office as well is thinking about with um, electronic health record changes that may occur in the future. What is the future of this tool and how can we ensure the same data elements and reporting capabilities that we currently have in our system are continued with any transition to a new um, health record. If you were to step back just for a moment and reflect on uh, the VA six years experience here using this tool, what would you say its major benefit has been in terms of the VA system as a whole, and then major benefit in terms of individual facilities? The VA as a whole, with our office uses this information to be able to advocate for pharmacist roles. So we're able to extract information about what pharmacists are doing in an individual practice setting, pair that with workload, and describe really fully what exactly our pharmacists are doing and what they could do. So we use this information in development of fact sheets, in development of resources and tools that we send out to the field and that we promote with physician leadership across the system. And when we think about it at a facility level, what has been most successful at these sites is to have the local site coordinators embedded into the project. There are those individuals that are our volunteers at the site level. So we have every facility across the nation participating, and each one of them has a site coordinator. And that site coordinator helps to promote the use of the tool, looks at the consistency, looks at the types of interventions that their pharmacists are making, and then shares that information with their facility leadership. So this has been used in resource requests, in business cases, and used to continue to promote the role of our advanced practice pharmacists across the system. So it's really Mm -hmm. valuable information. Yeah. 
you allude in the article to uh, the possibility of linking the data captured with this tool to patient outcomes. Where does that stand? So we have a few different research projects and pharmacoeconomic analyses that are ongoing with this, this project tool um, as a component to that team approach that is looking at implementation and, and usability of the tool. We also have an entire group that's really focused on those patient care outcomes and health services research associated with the tool use along with various other components of direct patient care. So um, we have partnered with um, a modeling system called Archimedes. And with this system, we're able to use the patient parameters that are pulled out of this electronic system to be able to create modeled patient populations. And then we're able to project the benefit scene by a subgroup of these interventions in the particular VA populations that are, that are pre-populated and project out what that impact of that pharmacist provider is. So mm -hmm. we do have a few different things on the outcome and we hope to be able to share those results in the near future. Well, I, I certainly get the impression from this discussion that this is an extremely important uh, system within the VA, and it has a, a bright future in terms of continued enhancement, uh, continued utility. Anything you want to add uh, on uh, the point about the future of uh, this system? Yeah, we're looking at a few additional um, intervention areas, focusing especially um, on enhancing the capture for showing what our pharmacists are doing in pain management and their roles in hospice and palliative care teams. We're also looking at opportunities to show exactly what our pharmacists are doing in the emergency department setting. Uh, we know that our emergency medicine clinical pharmacy specialists are very well regarded and an important part of the team. So to be able to further describe those practice settings helps us as well as the rest of the profession um, in further expanding the role of the CPS. Julie, as we bring our conversation to a close, let me ask, do you have any advice for other large health systems that might be contemplating a method of intervention capture of the type you've developed? Yeah, I think the best thing that I can say is really just start it. Start the process, start small, like we did. You know, we first tried to talk to our users and talk to our pharmacists and said, what are the most important things that you're doing every day that you think your physicians and your team colleagues need to know about? And we started with that and then started to grow over time and thought broadly about the vision of where we wanted our practice to move and integrated data components into the tool to represent those elements. So, you know, you can start with a smaller system. If you have an electronic health, health record, you probably have a way that you can work with your informatics specialist at your local level to talk through what you'd like to do. And um, that's really how it all started is talking through an idea and figuring out a way in which we could extract the information that we wanted to show of what our pharmacists were doing within a facility and then across our VA system.
Well, Julie, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate uh, your discussion of the article you have in AJHP, you and your colleagues, and uh, elaborating on some important points. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is William Zalmer. I've been speaking with Dr. Julie Gropi about an article on the VA's automated system for capturing information on patient care interventions by clinical pharmacy specialists. Thank you for listening. That concludes this interview. For more information about AJHP, the premier source for impactful, relevant, and cutting-edge professional and scientific content that drives optimal medication use and health outcomes, please visit www.ajhp.org.